What if we looked at the role of the church differently? Aber was ist, wenn wir die Aufgabe der Gemeinde anders betrachten? To send some fantastic people to serve in government. Fantastische Leute in die Regierung hinauszusenden. What if the church was sending some of its people into the business world? Und was, wenn die Kirche Leute in die Geschäftswelt hinaussendet? What if we were sending young people into the teaching profession? Was, wenn wir junge Menschen als Lehrer aussenden? And then another important institution in society is media. Und noch was Wichtiges in der Gesellschaft sind die Medien. Your church is at a very important milestone right now. Eure Church steht jetzt gerade an einem sehr wichtigen Meilenstein. Can imagine our workplace will shine. What would happen if Christians on fire for God will make a difference at their workplace? We will pray for those that are sick and God will do an amazing miracles right at the workplace. We will lead our mates to Christ at our workplace. What will happen? God gives us a prophetic word. We're going to the workplace, to the marketplace, and we bring that word to one specific person, and that word will change that life forever. Dr. Billy Graham, one of the biggest evangelists of all times, he said he believes that the next revelation, reformation will take place at the marketplace, at the workplace. Now, when we read the Bible, there's a lot of facts and figures about the life of Christ. I want to give you some facts and figures. It's very interesting. For example, Jesus' public appearance of 122 times were from 130 times out in the marketplace. That means Jesus was hanging there where the people worked for maybe 44 hours, 40 hours, if you're from France, 34 hours. Jesus' parables, uh, out of 52 parables, 45, it's about work. Jesus' work, he worked until 40 as a carpenter, and only the last three and a half years, he preached the word. The miracles in the book of Acts, and that's an amazing figure, Out of the 40 miracles in the book of Acts, 39 happened at the marketplace. Work in the Bible is mentioned more than 800 times. More than worship, more than music, more than singing, more than thanksgiving. That means work is an important thing in the life of Christ. Here is an amazing, uplifting Bible verse. Psalm 104, verse 23. Then people go out to their work, to their labor, until the evening. Come home, eat, take a nap, and do the same thing again and again and again. When I read this Bible verse, I felt asleep. You know, Work is a very important thing. In my workplace, I've worked for four years. I mean, now, now I'm a pastor. I'm working very hard, but in the early years, uh, my boss had an amazing quote by the door. Work happily without mourning and groaning. In German, arbeite fröhlich ohne Mullen und Knullen und immer daran denken, fröhlich sein. In other words, always be happy, come on. 
And for him, most important, it doesn't matter what kind of a job or work we do, just have the attitude. We are positive. We are Swiss people. We love to work. When they built uh, the Cologne, the Cathedral, there were three kinds of people that helped to build that amazing dome. The first group, they said, I need a salary to feed my family. That's why I said yes to that job. The second group, they said, I did this work because I am the best bricklayer in town. Without me, this building will not last forever. And the third group was an amazing group that said, I wanted to give my life to something meaningful that that building will glorify and worship God Almighty. We can do our job in three categories. Either we're doing just, we need money, or we have to feed the family, or we do it, we want to do something meaningful to glorify God in heaven. When I ask some Christians, we have the challenge in our church of any Christians, we want to do something meaningful for God, right? We pray in God, here I am, use me for your glory, not for my glory. That means we're living somehow, sometimes a little bit like in a, in a, in a, in a tension because we want to do something for God. And a lot of people, they're splitting up in spiritual or unspiritual. For example, spiritual means revivalist. If you're a pastor, you're very, very spiritual, like, like me. Missionary, also spiritual. Full-time worker, spiritual. Volunteer, very, very spiritual. If you pray, it's very spiritual. If you read the Bible, very flipping uh, spiritual, right? This is what we believe. Then unspiritual things is what people say to me or they think. Business owner, that only start the business because of money, money, money. CEO, very bad. Banker, ooh, it's not a good job at the moment. If you have a lot of bankers, you ask, what do you do for a living? I cannot mention. <laughs> Manager, worker, if you're unemployed, that's not spiritual. Cook, cleaning, celebrate, going to vacation, that's not spiritual. You have to understand why a lot of people splitting up in spiritual or not spiritual. It comes from Plato. The Greek guy Plato, he came up with this idea. There are spiritual things and material things and are they not connecting together. And he said black is black and white is wine. One plus one, it's two. That's how we think. We say that's right and that's wrong. There's nothing between. But you have to understand the whole setting of the Bible, the whole setting of Jesus Christ is a Jewish thinking. Jewish thinking, it's total the opposite of Greek thinking. The Jewish people, they will say one plus one could be three. Just think a little bit outside of the box. Why it's not three? Say, uh, no, one and one, it's two. That's Greek thinking. Jewish people say, why not three? Just think bigger. They will say, uh, it's not black, it's not, it's not black, it's not white. It can be also like gray, something between. That's Jewish thinking. And here is a word in Jewish thinking. You find this in the Bible many, many times. And this is actually the key word for the message today. The word avad. Avad means work. It means also serve. And means also worship. If you want to worship God, means also work. Work in the roots, it's worship. It's work. It's 
serving. You find this all the time in the Bible. That means when you work in your working place, this is worship. A lot of Christians think we're coming to the church for a worship night. We worship God for 45 minutes. Wow. But you're working 44 hours at the working place, in the marketplace, and this is actually worship. The Jewish people, they don't split spiritual or not spiritual. Everything what we do, it's spiritual. Cooking is spiritual. Changing the diapers is flipping spiritual. Cleaning the car is spiritual. Worship is spiritual. Reading the Bible. Everything what I do, it's very spiritual. Exodus chapter 4, verse 23, you see for the very first time in the Bible, the verse Avad. I say to you, let my son, that means Israel, go, that they may serve Avad. Avad means they should work for me, they should serve, and they should worship me. God is saying, before my people, they served Pharaoh, they worshipped almost Pharaoh, and they worked for Pharaoh. God is saying, that time is over. My people, they worship me, they serve me, and they work for me. Let them go. Exodus chapter 23, verse 12. For six days you may do your work, Avad. Are there people in the room, you're working only five days? You have a problem with this Bible verse. Can you tell me why you're only working five days? I'm working six days. Of course, people say that's easy as a pastor. Um, no, just kidding. Avad means six days of worship, God. Six days I serve God. Six days I work for God. But on the seventh days you must rest. And that's an amazing thing. I want to go in the word avad. means for me just three things. First of all, work with thanks. Work with thanks. Here is an amazing quote. Um, unfortunately, it's not from me. I would love to adapt this quote as copyright Leo Bigger, but it's not from me. You always have the choice of how you want to do your work, even if you cannot choose your work. It's amazing, right? So often we cannot choose our situation. We cannot choose our feelings, but we can command our feelings to be happy. A lot of people say to me, I don't feel happy. I don't feel happy to do that kind of a work. David in the Psalms often said, Soul, shut up. I don't ask you how you feel. I said, I command my soul to rejoice in the Lord. He commands the soul. So often, I don't like what I do, but I say my soul, I don't ask you how do you feel. I will do a vat, worship, work, and serve the Lord. Here's an amazing example in the Bible. His name is Moses. Moses, the first 40 years, he lived an amazing dream. He grew up in an amazing palace. He had money, education, everything you can imagine. But one day, a passion broke out. He saw how it, the Egyptian guy, they threatened the Israeli. And he killed the Egypt guy. In one moment, his life changed forever. There are two reactions when we do a mistake. Either we run to God and ask God for forgiveness, or we run away because we feel ashamed. And Moses ran away. He hide and seek for more than 40 years. 
the next 40 years until he was 80 years old or young, he had an amazing, boring job. If you ever believe your job is boring, your job is not boring. I want to go into the job of Moses. What he experienced for 40 years, that's the sound of Moses' job. He was tending sheep. Do you have a sheep at home? Happy that you don't have a sheep. That's the sound of a sheep. Monday morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, next week, next month, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthday party, Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, Thanksgiving, after seven years, after ten years, on spring, on summer, on fall, on winter, next year, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, after 29 years, Years, 30 years, 31 years, 32 years, 32 years, 33 years, 37 years, 38 years, 39 years, 40 years. Don't ever tell me your job is boring. Your job is not boring. Now God comes and Moses, get up. I have an amazing job for you. Go and bring, lead the people of God out from Egypt into the promised land. Moses was thinking, hallelujah, it's over. Take care for yourself, you sheep. And he believed right in the beginning. God says, your job is to lead the people of God into the promised land. Milk and honey is overflowing. He started to dream, to believe. This is an amazing job. Have you ever got a prophetic word from somebody? It's always amazing what God will do through your life, in your life, with your life, right? And you say, okay, my best times are not all behind me. My best times are in the front of me. And you believe that God will use you in a new level. You know what Moses experienced the next 40 years? Moses' dream job. Stubborn people. <laughs> In front of the Red Sea. Moses, you let us in front of the Red Sea. Do you want to kill us? <coughs> we are hungry. <coughs> Moses, we are thirsty. <coughs> they start to unbelief. <coughs> Rebellion. <coughs> Dispute. <coughs> Envy. <coughs> Weddings. <coughs> Burst. <coughs> Funerals. <laughs> Leadership structure. <laughs> and here is the thing. Even when God called Moses to be the leader, it doesn't feel like awesome. And here's the thing. Too many people, you, you believe, you hope when you are married, when you have kids, when you have a new job, then you're really happy. 
the most important moment what you have it's now here and now where is God's presence here and now in the nowhere God is now here in Colossians chapter 3 verse 22 and 23 the Bible says work in sincerity of heart fearing God and whatever you do do it hardly as the Lord and not to men the Bible is saying if you depend your work to people you want to please people I tell you right from the stage you will be disappointed all the time if you believe and you're married your wife will satisfy your soul your dreamer that's what a lot of people believe but only for one week. After you're married, after more than one week, you will realize, oh, my wife is not pleasing me in everything, even a husband. It's not possible. Bible says, depend on God. Do everything what you do for God. When Mother Teresa saw in Calcutta people laying on the ground, she said, I don't see people. I see Jesus is laying on the ground and Jesus is asking me for help. If you do it for people, you will be disappointed very, very fast. But if you see Jesus laying there, he will not and he cannot disappoint you. When you do the work, don't do it for a bank. Do it always for God. You worship God. You honor God with work, with worship and with serving. Point number two, work spirit-filled and innovative. This is always what I pray and say. When God has given us the Holy Spirit, He was there in the beginning when God created heaven and earth. I believe the Holy Spirit has idea for the local church. I believe the Holy Spirit will pour out some ideas, business ideas, music ideas, books ideas. I wrote so many books, but not one book is really a bestseller. I say, God, the best books uh, will come. No, just kidding. Um, my books are amazing. They, they, they're selling to millions and billions and trillions all over the world. Just kidding. But I believe, I believe right now that the Spirit of God can give you an idea to change the world forever. Exodus chapter 3 verse 17, what God has promised to Moses. And I have promised. God is promising to Moses. <laughs> to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt to the land, a land of flowing with milk and honey. God is saying to Moses, I promising. And here's the thing, I studied the life of Moses and there's one thing I never understood, why is God doing what he's doing? God said to Moses, it's very, very simple. I will lead you, I will guide you, I will protect you. God said to Moses, I will lead you with a clouds of pillar. The clouds will go ahead. When you see the cloud is moving, then move. This is the direction I want to lead you. And you have to understand in the desert of Israel, it's very hot in summer times. There's no, no shadow. And God said, with the cloud, I will lead you. But it's always like a shadow, like a roof. And I will protect you from the heat. Then God is saying, at night, I will lead you with a fire of pillar. That means in the desert, it's dark. There's no light, nothing. God said, this fire is like a light. And I will lead you, I will guide you. This is the cloud and this is the fire. 
God said, I promise you to bring you out of Egypt, out with a cloud and out with fire. With that, I believe nobody has a big problem, right? But this is the third element. For many years, I said to God, I'm, I'm confused. God is saying to Moses, take a desert, desert expert. Choose the best guy who knows every stone in the desert. He knows every way in the desert. You need him. Without him, you're lost. I said, God, I don't get it. You said, I will lead you with a cloud, with a fire. But then you say, if you don't have this man, God bless you. You need them. And here is a principle in the Bible. God is the one who opens doors. You cannot promote yourself. God promotes you. If you believe people will promote you, you can be disappointed very, very hard. Believe that God is the one who opens doors. He promotes you in the right moment. The cloud and the fire is leading. God is opening doors. But when you're stepping to the opportunities, when you're stepping to the door, then you need coach. Then you need people that are helping you to increase your skills. This is not the job of God. That's our job. What we do when the door is open, we have to do something. That's why you need a guy who knows everything. Here's a guy in our church. He became very, very famous through social media. Do you know social media? Can you make it out of, in one second, very famous? He's a very famous guy. His name is Stefan Kunz on the stage. Let's give him a big, big hand. <laughs> Stefan. Stefan uh, told already that the congregation, uh, social media made you very, 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 very famous. Tell us a little bit, in what kind of area you became famous? I became famous in uh, hand lettering. So this is an art where you draw letters and write something um, exactly like this. It's amazing. When I look at this, it looks very easy, but it's a lot of work. Uh, can you just draw something live on the stage that you see what this guy can do? It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's really beautiful. This is now live. Beautiful. Work. I worship. Wow. Beautiful, right? It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. God is open to uh, social media. Can you tell us how many followers do you have? At the moment, I have 168,000 followers. That's more than ISIF Zurich uh, has in terms of congregation. Half of, this is, this is half of Zurich. Half of Zurich is following you. Yeah. It's amazing. How do you feel? Well, I don't, well I, don't I don't have to meet it's them. It's not all. about me, it's about him. It is, it is. No, it's um no, it's actually interesting because you never meet everyone. You only see a number and this number you, you never actually know that there is every a person behind every number. But like when I am in this room, I feel like there's so much more people 
than people who follow me. And so I always have to remind myself that I actually can reach a lot of people, that I can talk to a lot of people like this. So yeah, this is, it, it's a strange feeling. Wow. I told in the beginning, uh, uh, most God said to most take uh, the dessert expert. He knows the way. Do you have some people in your life that help you just to, to, to draw in another level? Do you have people around you? Of course, God opened the door immediately through social media. That's a miracle, like the fire and, and, and the cloud. But you have some people in your life that are helping you to increase your skills. So I started off, well, my brother started off like pushing me or helping me grow into an artist. Um, he always pushed me and, and gave me what I needed to, to learn. And then it always constantly changed. So I had um, like leaders who, who helped me. I had people who I looked up to. Um, they're all kind of people. And God always placed people in my way, in my path, to learn always more about what I, um, what I need to learn about or what I need to, to see and go through. You know, God opened a door that is obvious, and then it's always a lot of work. I have to be honest, I follow you on Instagram uh, every day. I'm really I'm, uh, astonished what you do, and I know it's a lot of work because you're doing this every single day, every single day. Just tell us, the congregation, how, 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 how much, how many, how, how, how many hours will take to draw. Like, sometimes you have a whole wall. You're writing and painting. How many hours? So... Like today, I worked on a piece. I worked about like in between the services and, and every time I was around. And so this took me about four or five hours to make. And usually I sit on my, my desk or anywhere I, I work at for um, eight to 14 hours a day, uh, six days a week. And, but it really depends. It's always the practice behind it. Like this right here, it's, it's, it looks like I'm, I could draw anything really fast, but then there's a lot of practice behind that. So. There's always more behind what you see. That's amazing because people see the results, but they don't see the practice. For yeah. me, it's very important. When God is opening a door, you cannot do that. This is a godly thing like the cloud and the fire. When God is opening a door, when God promotes you, so many times people think, kaboom, God is anointing me. I do nothing and all of a sudden I have an amazing result. But what you're saying to us, it's consistent. It's very, very hard work for many, many years. Even now, you have a breakthrough. That means uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy. I want to close with the last question. How do you bring the gospel of Jesus Christ into the marketplace or into what you're doing? I mean, you are a messenger of God. You're the salt and the light. How you bring Jesus Christ into your drawing? So before I reached a thousand uh, followers on Instagram, I already thought about what I would, what I would um, write about. And what I always feel like most strong about was the Bible, because that's the word of God and it's true. And so any other quote like, go explore, go outside, go on an adventure, it's like, it's nice, but it's always, there's always something wrong about any quote, except for the ones that are in the Bible. And so I knew that I had to, to bring that out. And I wanted to, is to encourage people, inspire people. And because now I can reach 100, over 160,000 people, I decided actually to use that as a tool for, for to, to bring out the gospel and to share the gospel everywhere. So it became um, a way for me to be a missionary on the internet. And because no one can uh, deprive me from sharing my faith and it's allowed and through um, my arts, people will accept my faith. And so this was really interesting to find out and see that 
people will be willing to accept that. And the way I find out to how to read the Bible and connect that to drawing something out with that helped me in my faith. And I saw that it helped other people in their faith as well. So we built a whole project called the 30 Days of Bible Lettering, where we challenged for 30 days, writing 30 day, uh, one Bible verse every day for 30 days straight. And uh, with that, we reached over a million of people every day with a Bible verse that we, we shared. And so this is incredible what, what happened through this art form and through my work that I'm able to do. Wow. I can imagine when you, when you um, um, the one last question. I can imagine when you decided to, to write Bible verses. I mean, of course, there's uh, many people that will say, hey, Stefan, you're a nice guy, you're cool, you're super looking good. But if you do this, you will never get a job. Mm -hmm. Nobody will ever hire you. Yeah. So this is true. Actually, somebody told me that you should take away all your Bible verses from your homepage, from, from Instagram, or like if you want to work for big companies, for banks or whatever, you should take that away. And I didn't feel really well about that because I, I knew I wanted to share my faith. And if like a big company wouldn't want to give me a job because of my faith, then then so be it. But I knew that God would open a door, like he can open any door, and I didn't want to try it myself, so I decided to keep on those Bible verses on my website, on, on anything, like people would see that. And I finally ended up um, this year like getting a lot of great jobs with great companies, like well-known companies uh, that are international, that fly me around, and, and I get to do what I love with companies that I love, and also, now I get to sit in a meeting room with those executives or the, the marketing uh, strategic people who, who will just allow me to share my faith because they know that I'm a Christian. Um, everything else, they, like, they look at me really closely in a loop, but they're like, really open about it. And I can share, like, I feel that God said that to me and they will just accept that because they know like, he's a Christian, we cannot talk about that, so yeah. <laughs> Come on. Let's give uh, Stefan a big hand. Thank you so much. I love it because he works spirit-filled and is very innovative and God is using him in an amazing way. I want to close with the last point. Work as an ambassador of God. Be the salt and the light for God. I believe you are in a workplace. I believe you're in a school by purpose. I believe God put you there to be a, a voice for God. And here in Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, Paul is in the prison and he has an amazing prayer. He says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message. Paul said, the most important for me is that God is opening a door in my marketplace, at the workplace. I want to go to that door and I will share the gospel to those people that have no clue about Jesus Christ. Let's go into a story from a business guy from our church. He's also in the business uh, society group of ICF Zurich and he, he got saved at the marketplace and he led some people at the marketplace to Jesus Christ. Here's the story of Rolf Weber on the screen. Ich strebte nach Status, ich strebte nach Karriere, aber ich habe gemerkt, das macht mich nicht glücklich. Die heutige Welt ist geprägt von, von Stress, von Leistung, von Druck, von Geldverdienen natürlich. Ich habe auch viele Menschen kennengelernt, die sind in eine Depression geraten dadurch. 
Zum Glauben bin ich an meinem Arbeitsplatz gekommen, durch meinen Chef. Er hat mir aus der Bibel erzählt. Mein Übergabegebet fand an einer Geschäftsleitungssitzung statt. Und während dieser Sitzung habe ich gebeten, dass sie mich jetzt auch in den Glauben aufnehmen würden. Sie waren zuerst etwas irritiert. Und ich habe dann wirklich dieses Übergabegebet gesprochen. Sicher diese Zeit nach diesem Glaubensschrift war am Anfang sehr schön. Sie war erfüllt mit so Glücksgefühlen. Ich habe mich sehr äh, aufgehoben gefühlt. Ich gehörte dazu. Ja, aber dann sind trotzdem gewisse Probleme wieder gekommen. Ich war noch in einer gewissen Eigenabhängigkeit und das hat mich in auch ein Burnout getrieben. Und dachte, das kann ich jetzt nein. Jetzt hast du ja Gott als, als deine Stütze und trotzdem bekommst du so eine Krise. Und ich kam dann in dem Moment, wo ich dachte, gut, jetzt musst du noch mal ganz den Sack zumachen mit Gott, du musst ihm ganz vertrauen, er ist dein Versorger. Also eigentlich dieses Steuer ganz zu übergeben von Gott hat mich dann eigentlich befreit, auch aus dieser Depression, aus diesem Burnout. Gegenüber früher bin ich heute mutiger geworden, ich mache Dinge, die ich vorher nicht äh, Machte. Zum Beispiel spreche ich offener über meinen Glauben. Ich äh, lade Leute ins Gebet ein am Arbeitsplatz. Das sind Lieferanten, vielleicht auch Kunden. Und da geschehen wahre Wunder. Es gibt Menschen, die uns dann am nächsten Tag vielleicht anrufen, die vielleicht zögernd zu diesem Gebet zugestimmt haben. Und am nächsten Tag anrufen und schauen, unglaublich, was passiert. Du musst mal, musst mal hören, ist ein Wunder geschehen. Gott am Arbeitsplatz zu erleben, ist das Größte, das ich je erlebt hatte. Und dieses äh, möchte ich weitergeben. Ich möchte anderen Menschen Mut machen, am Arbeitsplatz über Gott zu reden. Ich durfte meine Geschichten schon anderen Menschen am Arbeitsplatz erzählen. Und durch dieses Weitergeben sind diese Menschen auch zum Glauben gekommen. Und das ist für mich wieder ein Zeugnis, dass Gott wirklich lebendig ist und dass er verändert. Nicht über meine tolle Redekunst, sondern er ist effektiv da und verändert durch seinen Geist das Leben von anderen Menschen. You know what I like about our church? We have a business community like Rolf Weber and other people that coming together once a month and they're praying that they will have an influence at the marketplace. I want to close with, with a story from my own life because sometimes people say to me, oh, it's easy for you to preach because you are in a very holy environment. You're working in a church, all Christians. You have no clue anymore what it means to be in a very rough and tough marketplace. When I did an apprenticeship many, many years ago, we were four, four teenagers. And I said to God, before I finish the apprenticeship, I want to lead all three to Christ. This is what was my goal. I prayed every day and said to God, give me opportunities to, to share the gospel. And when I, before I finished the apprenticeship, I led all three to Christ. And I believe from the bottom of my heart, the marketplace is the biggest mission field on planet Earth. For me right now, I'm around Christians all the time. My marketplace is once a week I play golf if I can. And every time when I play golf, I'm not playing in a Christian golf club. I play in a golf club where all the people are not Christian. And every week I pray to God, God, block me in with people that are open for you. Block me in with people I can share the gospel. I pray every week that simple prayer. About three weeks ago, I played golf. And there was a lady and she said to me, what, what are you doing on summer? I said, I'm going to USA. And she said, where? I said, oh, I said in different, different cities. She said, but where? I said, yeah, for example, Scottsdale's. She said, Scottsdale's? I said, yes. I said, why are you so excited? She said, 10 years ago, I was in Scottsdale's. 
I visit a friend and she's a believer. She took me to a church and the church was next to an airport. And for the very first time in my life, I sat in the church and the music touched me, the preaching touched me. I had no clue about God, about the church and it touched me. And for many, many years, I said to myself the question, is there any kind of church in Switzerland like in Scottsdale? Until she said it to me, I not mentioned to her that I'm a pastor. She started to preach to me. And I said to her, Scottsdale's? I will preach there in four weeks. And I said to her, what is the name of a pastor? She said, Travis Hearn. I said, no way. This guy is preaching on somewhere nice of Zurich and I will preach in his church. And all of a sudden, she was quiet. She took out her book and said to me, when will he preach? And where is the building? And she said, for more than 10 years, I said to God, is there a church like in Scottsdale's where I can meet you, where the music and the preaching is touching me? And the end, when we, before I went home after playing golf, I was able to connect her with our church. But my prayer was, God use me. God use me for your glory, not for my glory. Let, let me be an ambassador for you. Sometimes people say it's so hard at my school, it's so hard at my workplace, people are close. I don't want to share the gospel with people they have made their opinion already, but I believe right now there are people they're seeking, they're open for God, and I said to God, connect me with those people that are seeking you, with those people that are open, because I believe in a city of 400,000 people, there's at least 1,000 people are open for God, asking the question, is there a God, and if yes, where is a community or a fellowship or a church where I can be a part of it? Let's be ambassador at the marketplace and bring the gospel to those people they're seeking. Lord God Almighty. I want to I close with a prayer and I want to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. And I believe on the bottom of my heart there are some people right now here you're not happy, you're not satisfied with your job. Your circumstances, it's not what you want to have. You cannot always choose your situation, but we can choose to live in the moment. Then God is here now. Father God, thank you so much for the message. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for all the signs and miracles you have done at the marketplace. You went to the people where they were, where they worked, where they spent the most of their time and energy. And right now, God, you see my heart. You see every area where I don't feel complete, where I'm struggling where I believe if or when this or that will change, then I will be happy. I want to be quiet for a moment in the presence of God. And if you're here right now and you're not satisfied right now with your job, with your situation, I want to ask you boldly, 
to plug in with God and say the joy of the Lord is my strength. My joy in the Lord is not based because everything goes the way I want to. I choose that God is here now. God knows your dreams. Of course, God knows your longing. That's another story. But right now, I want to ask you to be bold, to lay down your soul to the cross. Isaiah, he prayed and said, God, here I am. Use me. 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 Not for my glory but for yours. Here I am. Use me. Here I am. Use me. Here I am. by purpose enter the marketplace by purpose God put you in an environment God by purpose put you in as in your friends to the schools to the neighbors you're living by purpose there God has set you God has positioned you in that environment to be the salt and the light and that's why we say to God here I am use me use me you just to pray this prayer say here I am use me 